So, we are in week three of this series, which is called Perspective, in which you try to look at things from other people's perspectives. Maybe you don't torture them or make them feel bad about themselves. Maybe you just try to think about how they might feel about life, how they might feel about things, how they might be going through things emotionally that you don't understand, things like that. And, and so we've talked about different things like that. We talked about the prodigal son and how there are so many different ways to look at that story and there are so many ways to look at each character and how from a certain perspective, each character could see themselves as the hero. Each character could see themselves as the villain. Uh, but it was all about the forgiveness of the father. It was all about the fact that no matter what happened, the son could come back. But if the world looks at that story, they look at it in a completely different way. Um, we talked last week about how Jonah decided that a group of people, because of the way they looked, because of where they lived, because of how they lived, wasn't worth uh, the gospel. It, what, they weren't worth being saved. They weren't worth God's love. And that's ridiculous. Like, that's super wrong. And everybody, every Christian alive today will say that's very wrong. But then we often do that in the things that we post and the things that we say and the jokes that we tell. We're inadvertently or advertently sometimes uh, saying, well, you're not worth Jesus. You're not worth having this. But every single person is worth this, whether you like them or not, whether uh, they're nice to you or not. Now, again, this, that does not mean that if someone hurts you, if somebody treats you poorly, that you should keep letting them do that. Uh, it doesn't mean that if they then get saved that you have to be their best friend, but you cannot allow yourself to go down that, that path of hatred to where you're like, well, they don't deserve it. I hope they never get saved. I hope awful things happen to them. And we never really think like that, but again, in the things that we say and the things that we do, and so it's important to look at things from other people's perspectives. Uh, this week, I'm going to talk about a parable from Jesus, and we are going to talk about kind of the way, the things that Jesus talked about, the things that Jesus values, the things that, that we as Christians should live for is upside down compared to what the world wants, compared to what the world values. And so I'm going to read from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who, who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus, Lazarus laid there, longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Now, I realize that's gross. <laughs> I get that. But basically what Jesus is saying here, and this is the only parable that Jesus tells in which he uses a real name. So there are a lot of theories, a lot of theological wonderings as to why he does that in this way, about whether this is a real story, uh, about this is something that happened. It does not matter. What matters is you have someone who is very rich, who has everything, and you have someone right outside their home who has nothing. Now, just in the fact that those two people exist, there's nothing wrong with either of them. We don't know what is anything has happened yet, but to go home every day, he had to pass uh, Lazarus. He had to see the dogs do that. He had to see that he needed. A and a lot of people would look at this and say, well, he should have asked for help, or he should have gotten a job, or why is he like that? What happened? One of the things that we forget, or that we don't know, and it's good that most of us don't know this, but it's something that's important with perspective, is it's remarkably easy to lose everything. Now, I don't say that to scare you. I don't say that like, man, you better go home and hug your parents because you might not have anything tomorrow. Uh, now, theoretically, that's true, but I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is uh, when you are living your life and you have a job, you pay rent, you have bills, all of these things, it's much easier than you think to get to a point where you're in a position like Lazarus or where you need help from other people. Now, the adults can speak to this and say, yeah, there were times in my life where I really had questions about where it's coming from. Uh, I have talked about uh, my life in Seymour before. Basically, I uh, made the choice, like I was offered the position to be a part-time youth pastor, and the pastor said, uh, you know, I would encourage you to volunteer your full-time. And, and so I loved the teens. It's not their fault that I was going to be part-time. I loved Jesus. I felt called to this, and so I did that. That 
along with taking care of my, my grandma, uh, prevented me from having other work. And so all of those things came into me not having very much money. Uh, when she passed, I had to get a place. And so when you don't have very much money, it's hard to get a place. And so there was a period of my life where I lived in this home, and I've talked about this before, how my cable literally got cut, and how uh, I lived with, like, sharing a bathroom with a creepy guy, like, from you. I, I lived with, like, uh, like people all around the house where I was always wondering like, hey, is somebody just going to walk in my door? And so it was very scary. I didn't have a kitchen, like all of these things. I was working. I had a job. I was doing everything I could. Bills were piling up. And so it was very hard. Now, for me, there were three times where I got checks uh, from colleges. And again, I've talked about this before, where scholarships paid too much or weird things were like, hey, there was an error in your favor. And so God provided for me. But when I look back at that, when I think about that, it was like one car wreck away from me losing everything and being with, with nothing. A and so we don't think about things like that, but it's very possible to be someone like Lazarus. Now, absolutely, there are people who don't want to work. I knew a guy who uh, was a computer programmer, and so he worked in six-month uh, contracts. And so he would have like $150,000 to work for six months, and then he wouldn't work for like three years, and so he'd live off of credit cards. So he was racking up like millions of dollars of debt. A and so we were like, dude, just work at like a, a, a factory or work here, work at McDonald's, work at Walmart, something to make money. He's like, no, I will only do this. And so he was literally refusing to do what he needed to do. But that is not what most people do. Most people that, that are like Lazarus who have fallen on hard times, bad things have happened. Sometimes you don't have family to help you. Sometimes you don't have the means to get out of it. Sometimes you're just suffering and things are hard. A and so the way that the world works is most people look at things politically. A and so we look at things like, well, this is what the Democrats believe. This is what the Republicans believe. Uh, this is what my parents believe. This is what the church says. But it's all about what Jesus says. And so Jesus in this is telling, hey, you might have a lot like the, the guy, like the rich man, and you might have nothing like Lazarus, but in just this opening paragraph, they are equal. And so that is important to see, whether you have a lot or a little, whether you have nothing or everything, you are still the same in God's eyes. A and so we're going to the next part. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham uh, in the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of your finger in water and cool my tongue. Uh, I am in anguish in these flames. So uh, I will spoiler alert you here right now. The rich man is not in hell because he was rich. That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the fact that probably every day he walked by Lazarus and said, ah, he should get a job. Ah. He doesn't try very hard. Eh, he's smelly. Eh, get him out of here. Hey, I'm going to send more dogs over there. Like, whatever it was, he would not offer to help. Now, again, some people would say he should have asked. It's very hard to ask for help, and absolutely you should ask, but sometimes people still say no. A and so sometimes you have such a hard situation, so you pray, you do your best, and God will provide, God will put people in your path, but it is also possible to completely ignore God's leaning on your life, and that is what ended up with the rich man. He valued the money more than the people. He valued the money more than God. He valued the money more than Christ, and so he kept going by. Uh, 
And so at the end of the life, Lazarus, again, he's not in heaven because he's poor. That has nothing to do with it. Money has nothing to do with it. This is where the upside down part comes in. In the world, if you have a lot of money and you have a lot of fame and you have a lot of popularity, you're valuable. Like we care about the people who are uh, social media influencers. We care about celebrities. We care about professional athletes, uh, except for the Chiefs. We care very much about, diff- about people who have a lot, about people in the schools who, who are the best athletes, people in the schools who are the best students, people in the schools who who are just the coolest whatever reason that is and and so we know those people we worry about what they think we think about them all of that matters like you always see on the news like when something big happens they don't go and talk to like Misty and Becky and Rob they go and talk to like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and somebody else that's famous Uh, and so sure LeBron James and like through the tears he answers. But so they, they talk to people that people know. And so we have that value. That's what the world values. And so over the course of our lives, uh, even as Christians sometimes, we give more weight to people's uh, opinions if they have a lot of money, they have a lot of exposure. But that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, Billy Graham, for example, was a great preacher who everybody knew, and that's very valuable. But, but I've had pastors in my life. There was a pastor who brought me to Ohio uh, named Dan Walters, and he was someone who did every bit as much as Billy Graham in the community, and he loves people, and he does a lot for people, and, and yet nobody really knows his name. And so it's not to say, oh, well, he's better than Billy because he was unknown, or to say Billy's better than him. They were both valuable in God's eyes, but the world would say, well, Billy matters more. Or the world would say this celebrity matters more. And so that's the whole thing. Like the world would look at this and be like, well, the rich man, he should have a better heaven. He should have a better life. He deserves it because he got that. And maybe he worked really hard for that money because there's nothing wrong with having money. And yet by the fact that Jesus is telling this story, by the fact that we see this, clearly their souls, their hearts were different. And so Lazarus valued different things. Uh, who knows what put him in that circumstance, but he clearly loved Jesus because he's in heaven. Now, this also gives us a glimpse to, to what makes heaven heaven and hell hell. Uh, essentially, it was just the lack of God, the lack of, of anything good, the, the heat, the, the pain, the suffering, the knowing that you didn't do enough, the knowing that you could have made better choices. And yet Lazarus was pleased, and Lazarus probably couldn't see this rich man. Uh, and yet he could see what he, the rich man could see what he was missing out. Because what you value in earth is what ends up shaping you for your whole life. It shapes who you are. It shapes where you end up. And so, again, there's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with being successful. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house, with having a good job, with with being famous. There's nothing wrong with any of that. All of those things are good, but we cannot start to think that's more valuable than people that don't have those things. We have to look at the perspective uh, of people like Lazarus, of people who need, of people who have lost things. And instead of thinking, well, they should get a job and get out of here, think, I wonder what happened. What would I do in this situation? What would I do in this, in this time? And so the rich man is now thinking that. He's like, man, I really, wanted, uh, I really want help now. I bet when Lazarus was alive, he probably wanted help, but it's too late for him. And so we get to the next scripture. Uh, But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, uh, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. Uh, we are coming up, and I've mentioned this every week, we're coming up on a big election year. So there are going to be Senate, Congress, presidential elections. You're going to see commercials 
on every single station all of the time. And most of the commercials, if not all of the commercials, will not be, this is what I can bring to you. It will be, this is why this person sucks. Like, that's what the commercials are. That's what politics become. And so you are going to hear people, very wise people, very smart people, who completely shut down whatever the opposite party from them is. And they're going to be like, well, this is what I believe, and you're an idiot for believing that. And that's how people start to see things. And this is where we get to that line of hatred like we talked about last week. And so... When you talk about things like helping people, unfortunately, that's become a political issue, and it shouldn't be. It is a heart issue. Now, it's important to note here that you cannot go around and give money to every single person that needs it, especially since no one in here is rich. Like, we don't have it. And so that's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what it is about helping. But it is about looking at things from their perspective. It's about caring. It's about not waiting until it's too late to help. It's about the fact that Abraham talks about a great chasm between them. We live sometimes as if there's a great chasm between us and others around us. We live as if the only people that matter are the people that we know. The only people that matter are the people that are like us, that look like us, that act like us, that believe like us. But that is not true. Everyone matters. And it is so important as Christians for us to get that, for us to actually live it and to actually show what Jesus is like. Uh, the, the, the rich man, he didn't have to like buy meals. He didn't have to bring him in. He could have just said, hey, do you need anything? Hey, how are you? Uh, I go to Chicago every year. Uh, I had to stop uh, taking cash at all because every time I pass somebody, I feel so guilty because I feel guilty about literally everything in my entire life. Like everything that I ever do, I feel guilty about constantly because I'm crazy. And so, like, I feel that. I carry that. That's something that, that I deal with. It's part of the, the depression sometimes that I deal with and how I talk about always keep fighting and all of that. And so that's something that I struggle with. And so if I take cash, I literally will give it out to anybody that asks, which is not a smart thing to do. But it is better than saying, I don't care what happens to you. Go away. It's better than saying, oh, yeah, I bet they secretly have, like, a rich job or they have a lot of phones or whatever. It, it does not matter. Now, one of the things you'll hear for people that don't have anything, is uh, if I give it to them, they might spend it on something they shouldn't. That's absolutely true. And that is why it's a personal issue to you. You have to pray at each point. Uh, if you're going to give money to a cause, you're going to give money to a person, you're going to help someone in that way, whether it's a friend, somebody on the street, uh, a family member, you have to pray, is this the right thing to do? And there are absolutely going to be times where God says, no, the right thing to do is to take them to get food. The right thing to do is pray for them, to pray with them. But sometimes it will be money. Now, I would imagine that most of you in here have never really borrowed money from people, but let's just say that at some point your parents have given you money. And they're like, hey, I want you to go get this. I want you to go get a, a bag of milk, which is not a bag. I want you to go get a gallon of milk. That's what it is. Box water. <laughs> I want you to go get. I want you to get a gallon of milk and a box of cereal and three apricots. And like you're like, that's a weird thing. And, and your mom's like, I'm making soup. And you're like, I don't know. I want to have that. But it's like, and so like it's like, here's your grocery list. I want you to go get this. A and so you go, and it's like twenty dollars. And you're like, okay. I went to the corner market where the guy was selling something out of his trunk and so I got the milk straight from the cow and put it in a box and that was good and then I found apricots well I found avocados and painted them apricot color a and then I got like a box of cereal and I filled it up with rocks so we're good and so I'm going to keep the $20 now maybe you haven't gone that extent but at some point you've kept the change right everybody here has a and so we w if if we take 
what people say about people who ask for money, people who ask for help, people who need to ourselves, then it'd be like, well, what are you doing? Because you didn't need that. You, you were asked to do something and you didn't. You spent it on the wrong thing. You used it for the wrong thing. You were supposed to save that. You were supposed to do that. Believe me, I am not good at saving. Like, I am going to have to work for my entire life unless my next book hits big because I am not good at saving because video games are cool. And, and so it's very much something that I have to work on. But we have to learn to look at people while they're alive, to look through other people's eyes while they're alive. That's what this entire series is about, and it's become a tragedy for both people because maybe if the rich man had just stopped once to ask Lazarus, hey, would you like some water? Or hey, do you need any help? Hey, do you need an umbrella? Hey, do you need this? Hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? It would have allowed him to get that step up to where he could find a shelter, where he could call somebody, you know, not then, but call out to somebody for, for help, done something to where Lazarus then maybe would have survived longer and the rich man would have been like, wow, it felt good to help people. And yet both of them ended up dead. Now Lazarus ended up in good shape, but both of them ended up gone. Uh, then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. So he, he, Immediately, he's made a change. It's good in this case because he's like, hey, everybody else is going to end up like me because they only care about themselves, because they only care about money, because they only care about fame, because they only care about popularity, because they only care about what's next. They only care about short-term happiness. And, and so send Lazarus because if he goes to them, he's going to be able to say from experience what happens. And so that's a nice thought. But Abraham's like, they know. Like, you know the story. Uh, if you have a big test coming up in math, and, and so you have this test, and it's stuff you've had the whole semester, or the whole six weeks, the whole three weeks. I don't know how school works anymore. So you have all of the math stuff, and you know all of the multiplication tables, and you know all of the addition, and you're like, I've got two plus two almost down. I'm working on it hard. And, and so it's like you've got all this down, and you have that test coming up, and you're like, ah. I don't really care about studying, you know, it's math, it's whatever, I'm going to do what I do. And then you get to the point of the test, and you're like, oh man, I failed because I didn't open my book and it's still in plastic. Like, I failed this test. Uh, or when I was in college, my freshman year, I got A's all through high school and I didn't have to study. And this isn't a brag, this is to show how stupid I became. And, and so, like, I, I didn't have to study. And so when I got to college, and the, one of my professors said, you don't have to come to class except for tests. Now, I heard, man... That's awesome, because this class was 8 o'clock in the morning, and I don't want to go to an 8 o'clock in the morning class. And so I only went on tests, and I did bad, because I didn't go to class. And, and so that was my fault. And so sometimes it's our fault when we fail. And, and sometimes we look at that, and it's like, man, somebody should have told me. You already know that it's a bad idea to not study. I already knew in my head that it was a bad idea to not go to class. Like, that's common sense. And so what Abraham is saying here is not, no, I don't want them to be saved. He's like, they know. Like, this is in the Bible. This is something they've been taught. This is something they've, they've been told. This is something that everybody knows. Everyone has heard what it means to be a Christian. Everyone has heard that Jesus saves. Everyone has heard there's only one way to heaven. Everyone has heard that it's better to be kind. Everyone has heard that we have to treat each other like we want to be treated. Everyone has heard we should love everyone, and yet not everybody does it. And so even if dead people started walking in this door, there'd be a lot of other problems, but if dead people started walking in this door and saying, hey, you know, there's a heaven and there's a hell and things could be bad, you got to treat people better. We already know that. Like people at Walmart already know that. People at Target even already know that. Like everybody already knows that. A and so that's what he's saying. 
And so while we're here, we need to make that clear, not with our words, but with the way that we treat others, the way that we act, the way that we live. Last part of the scripture. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, but if someone is uh, sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Uh, one of the things when you're a Christian, you're told witness, 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 and that's important. Like, help people, invite people to church. Not everybody says yes, right? Like, you're going to invite your friends to church, you're going to ask them to come to youth, and some of them will say no. You're going to, to tell people, hey, would you like to talk? And some of them will say no. You're going to do something nice for people, and they'll do something mean to you. Like, that's life. Uh, the disciples, there were 12 of them around Jesus. They were around him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for three years. And so every day they were around him. Uh, all of them got it except one. And so we think of Judas. Yeah, he didn't get it. That's true. Thomas also doubted him. Peter ran away from him and said he didn't know him. Like if being around Jesus and hearing his message, seeing his miracles, feeling his love did not get everybody to just fall in line all the time, there is nothing that I say or that you say or that you do is going to do that. And so that's a pressure you can take off. However, if nothing that you do will fix everyone, then it's important what you do and how you live and how you show people because you are the ones who have the answer. You are the ones who, who are in the right place. And so instead of saying, yeah, you know, you're right, they should get a job. Now, again, I'm not saying that nobody should get a job. I'm not saying that nobody has one that, or doesn't have one that should, blah, blah, blah. I am saying that it is not on us to judge someone else's life. It is on us to show how to live a better life. It is on us to show people who we are and who we serve. It's on us to show people what Abraham was showing. And it would be so wonderful if you went from here and you lived like this and then everybody got saved and then we came back next week and there's like a hundred people here. We need more couches and way more cookies and a bigger volleyball court or whatever else. More balloons, longer strings. Like we'd need all these different things. We'd need more, 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 but that's a good problem to have. That's not going to happen. Now, maybe your numbers will go up, blah, blah, blah. But there are always going to be people that say no. There are always going to be people that are selfish. There are always going to be people that don't care. And so do not allow yourself to have that pressure of, it's on me to save all of these people because you can't. You cannot. You cannot save anyone. Even if you help everyone that you meet, you do not determine what will happen in their life. However, you are planting a seed for them. And that's why it's so important to have this perspective. Think about the times that you have been down. Think about the times that you have felt broken. Think about the times that everything has gone wrong, where maybe you didn't have, uh, you weren't in the place of Lazarus where dogs were licking your sores and you were completely poor, but maybe emotionally it felt like that. Or maybe you felt like you didn't have any friends. Maybe you felt like school was going horrible. Maybe everything around you was falling apart. And people were like, yeah, they should have tried harder. Or you get cut from a team, you, get, uh, you fail a test, and you're like, yeah, you should have tried harder. That's very helpful, right? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, thanks. That really helps me to have done better in the past. No, it doesn't. But think about the times that in those periods of your life, someone has said, you know what, I still love you. Or I care about you. Or do you need help? Do you need to talk? Do you need to, to, to just play a game? Do you need to, to just be here? Do you need a friend? Those times you remember, and you're like, wow. Now, they didn't change you but they impacted your life to where you're like, oh, it's going to get better. Um, I've talked a lot about my, myself and my own life and my depression, and this is something that's very real for me. And there are times that my lows are very low and my highs are not very high, and it sucks. And there are absolutely people who look at that and like, oh, you should try harder. You should smile more. Like, 
Okay, thanks. And like, it, it's not that easy. And so sometimes we look at somebody like, oh, you should have a job. You should have more money. Okay, thanks. It's not that easy. Like, I'm not getting hired. Nothing's happening. But, but when you look at someone and you actually see them and you think they're worth something, I'm going to pray for them, or I'm going to say hi, or I'm going to invite them somewhere. I, I'm going to bring them a sandwich, like whatever it is. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I've done is somebody came to Tri-County when I was there, and it was a, a poor family, and, and it's like I didn't have any money, and you know, we can't give away the church money necessarily. And so I was like, hey, meet me at McDonald's. I'll buy you like a hamburger. And that was it. Like, I don't know what happened to them from then, but I showed them this caring. This isn't to make me seem special, because I'm not. This is to say we can help people just by loving them. We can help people but just by thinking about how they got in that position. And then if we are ever in that position, we will know, well, okay, I need to, to really ask for help because it's always okay to ask for help no matter who you are, no matter what you are. This series is important to me and I started it with this year. I started this year with it because everyone looks at the church differently. And so most people in the world especially in like an election year, they look at the church by the worst examples. They look at the, the pastors who, who steal, who have like giant airplanes. They, they look at the people who sin. They look at the, the Christians who shout hate or have picket signs like Westboro Baptist. They, they look at the people like that and they're like, well, that's the church. And so it can be very hard to be a Christian in the world to where people are like, yep, they're just like that. Oh, they believe in God, so clearly they hate everybody. And, and that sucks and it's not right. However, when we then turn and be like, well, they don't believe in God, so they hate everybody, they're awful, like that's also wrong. So what we do is to walk around understanding that we're not perfect and understanding that they're not perfect and not saying, well, all truth's the same, everybody's okay, but saying, you know what, it's a new year, I'm going to do better. I am going to, to be like what Abraham is saying here. I'm going to be like a dead person preaching the gospel. I am going to walk around showing Jesus. And maybe you don't witness in the way that you like yell out Bible verses, that's fine. Because what has the greatest impact on people is by loving them when they don't deserve to be loved. Loving them when, when they don't, nobody else does. Helping them by, by saying hi. Showing them that you care. Always do your best to look at things from other people's perspective. Always do your best to remember that some people are in a situation that they did not choose. Some people are in a situation that they're having trouble getting out of. And imagine yourself in that situation. And again, it doesn't mean that what they did that was right. It doesn't mean that they're okay. None of that. But it means that if you look at things from their perspective, you remember, hey, they're a person. You remember, hey, this person could have been me if this had gone differently. Uh, I talked about how I didn't have very much money. Well, a couple years ago, uh, I, had a, uh, I had a 2005 black Mustang, which was awesome, and I loved it. And I was back in Seymour, and I was going to visit my girlfriend, and she lived way out in the country at the time. And I was driving, and a deer ran by, and I swerved because I'm stupid. And everybody after was like, oh, you're supposed to hit the deer. I'm like, okay, thanks. Well, I'll go back in time and remind myself of that. And so it's not your, it's not your initial thought. Like you, Nobody's like, oh, I definitely have to hit this. Uh, unless, you know, I don't know. Unless you have like a Hummer. I was trying to think of a tank or something. And so, but it's like, yeah. And so uh, I, I swerved and it was like, in Indiana, it's basically uh, fields and woods. And so like, it was this long cliff that went basically down like this and there were trees everywhere. And I went flying through them off of the cliff basically. And I landed on the side of the car and I felt that my head was busted. I knew that I was bleeding. I was like looking up at everything and, and like, I could tell that my car was in pretty bad shape. I had to climb out of my car on the, the upper 
door. Like I had to open the door, push it, climb out. I had to walk back like a quarter mile to her house and like call for help that way because I couldn't find my phone. And this was a bad time. This was a bad night. And I don't say that to say, oh man, Jeff almost died. But the cop did say you were an inch away from dying. So like it's, it's sometimes we don't realize how close it can be. My point with that story was that could, if that had happened when I also was working at Seymour and didn't have very much money, I would have been on the street. Like, I would have been in a lot of trouble. So your life can take a lot of different turns. And again, I don't say that for you to be scared. I say that so you remember, okay, I want to have a heart for everyone. And I want to look at how everyone looks at things. And I want to think about them as people. And I want to love them and pray for them. And you can never be too young or too old to do that. And so do that with this series, with this life. Do everything you can to love others and to pray for them. And to remember that we all deserve the same thing. We all have the same worth. And Jesus loves us all. That's all I got.